from the UK, broadcasting around the world. Around the world. You're listening to the Mike Drop Club, hosted by Douglas Hamandiche. Message received. Message received. You do not need to know what you need. What you need. Just engage with the podcast feed. Just engage with the podcast feed. Providing weekly insights into cool stuff we've read, saw, did, or heard about what made us say, wow, eureka, damn, nothing is off limits. If it motivates and inspires you to reach your goals, then it shall be discussed. Featuring guest interviews from high performers and people of influence and weekly awards for the best mic drop moment. This podcast is guaranteed to leave you pumped up for the week ahead. Don't just live life, make life boom. Dusty Bing and all that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Hi, everybody. It's Douglas Hammond DJ from the Mike Drop Club today. I am super, super excited. You can probably tell from my iris I've got Dr. Joel Brown in the house. To- yeah, yeah. yeah well, indeed, sir. Indeed, sir. So, what we're going to be doing today, we're going to be breaking down. Um, quite a few far-ranging subjects, but distilling it down to essentially our why. Yeah. This, this podcast is going to be centered around: Do you need permission before you can proceed yeah. in anything that you want to achieve in your life? So, first of all, Joel, massive, massive, big up to you. Um, yeah. Thank you very much for spending some time. I know your your time is premium. Mm. So, uh, so let's 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 uh, break down your why and how you got into this space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, thank you so much for this invitation, man. I don't take it for granted. I have been earnestly uh, on the edge of my seat, just looking forward to just this chance to to uh, chop it up with you. We had a kind of like a preamble meeting just a couple of weeks back, and I was just like, this guy, um, there's just so much common ground. There's a sense of alignment of purpose and, and destiny. And I was like, super, you know, I mean, just captivated by your own story, your own resilience. And it just made me think about my own life and my journey so just for your audience who who might not know like a little bit about my why and the background so I'll just kind of give that real quick so I'm of Jamaican heritage was born there grew up there and uh, came over to the UK and my kind of like teen years went into do my A-levels went into medical school and and subsequently after leaving medical school you know became a GP and you'll ask that question about you know what, what is my what is my why and this idea about not needing permission to to discover who you really are and 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 really just taking those steps to kind of break out of the mold as it were because i think i'd kind of always had this idea <laughs> that the culture of medicine and the sense in which who you were supposed to be and what that was supposed to look like who you were supposed to hang out with what your career was supposed to look like there was a sense in which all of that was kind of determined before you got there there was kind sure. of like this kind of path uh there's this this that you were expected to conform to i mean whether or not that was explicit or not that was the certainly the sense that i had and i always sensed this this you know almost like as if i was pushing against the grain not just to be um confrontational or i I just felt like nah you know i just didn't want to um to stick to whatever the stereotype might have been whether that was a stereotype based on you know uh race or or you know different Mm. cultures i've always had this this sense that i want to feel like i can do what i want to do despite you know whatever (laughs) whatever was kind of blocking that um, and so, you know, I, I, found, I think when I 
put my finger on it. Like what it is that I've I've tried to discover, what were the moments of clarity through some difficult seasons, feeling unsure about my, my career as a, as a doctor at times, thinking, oh, did I kind of wind up in the wrong place, whether you want to call it imposter syndrome, having mm. challenges of uh, exam failure, or just feeling disillusioned about what it all kind of means. Because as I said, like when you feel like it's supposed, you're supposed to do this, you're supposed to do this research project mm. or this is this is the path that you're expected to go and me thinking that's not where I felt like I was inclined to go it's there was that sense of boy you know I mean what what am I what am I supposed to be supposed so, to be doing but, the, but these clarity moments of of just genuinely sensing you know what it's not I, I, I genuinely feel that it's not an accident that I've ended up in the world of of medicine and i've been given this opportunity to demonstrate to others who feel like i i'm, I'm supposed to be stuck in the mold i'm hoping that i can demonstrate to others uh the joy that comes the freedom that comes from taking your career into your own hands and and molding the career that you want Fantastic, fantastic, and you you covered a lot of ground, a lot of ground in there, and I and I was just waiting for the moment to give you a mic drop. Um, it's gonna come, it's gonna come because we're just warming up. This is just the starting point. So if we go back in terms yeah. of understanding the mindset that you mm. must have, or this mm. innate sense of maybe a calling that mm. you think differently, um, mm. where do you think that? comes from you've got a cultural the cultural background that um mm. rightfully or wrongfully has its own ways of conforming to its own stereotypes of what you're supposed yeah. to do how you're supposed to act how you're supposed to laugh how yeah. you're supposed to dress what music's supposed to listen to how right. to bury the dead you know you've got all of that kind of stuff mm. going on what is it about you joel mm. that made you that 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 you look to as your source mm -hmm. to say if the herd is moving east Mm -hmm. I could go west, right? Yeah, I, mean, I think I think that's a great question. I could I could kind of approach it f from a few different angles, but even if I start out with the culture of of medicine and the the understanding as to what types of careers you you should go into and and uh, just just the sense of the path that you're supposed to go, how it's supposed to be. A, a lot of that oftentimes does come from, um, you know, whether or not you've come from a family of, of medics where you know, your parents are doctors or you or clinicians of, of um, and, and therefore there is the kind of mold you're expected to kind of follow this path because mom and dad says so, or, or you have that sense of you feel you need to abide by, um, you know, whatever legacy or culture um, in, in the career that, um, you know, that you felt like, okay, I can't, I can't sort of like not follow that because the example is too strong. Mm. I didn't have that. My parents were, did go to university, but, you know, weren't, weren't medics. And there was a sense in which while I did have some examples and inspirations from so my mother's older sister, who um, is and uh, is now a retired rheumatologist, uh, and there's some of that uh, inspiration from a distance. But I, I think that the pressure to feel like I had to go down certain paths, um, you know, wasn't there. But at the same time, 
I think for me, what I think gave me uh, the sense in which I felt like that I, I could pull on this confidence to be who I wanted to be, despite um, you know the, the, the very strong pressure to conform in certain environments, is you know my. I think my grandmother uh, certainly was was someone who I feel. I mean, she you know may she rest in peace. Died in 2019 at the you know at the end of a 20 year sort of progressive um, dementia, Alzheimer's dementia. But, on that note, we need to big up your grandma. Your grandma yeah. gets the first mic drop. Okay, guys, drum. everybody Listen, ready? I don't know. Atomic I, I tell you mic this, drop. There's something about. When you have a grandmother like the grandmother I was blessed with, mm. who I'll, I'll just give this one, you know, sort of summary of her life. And I discovered this at the end of her life, sadly. But I learned a story about her when in around in Jamaica in around the 1960s, Jamaica got independence in 62 from Great Britain. Of course, was a, was a colony for 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 many many you know years, mm-hmm. and and as a result of that, there was a school in the area that she lived in where she became the principal of that school, and that school was um, formerly a boarding school, and the children that attended the boarding school were essentially children of uh, ex expats from Britain who were working in Jamaica and at that time were then now post-independence planning to relocate to the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they left and and took and were taking many of their children because this was a private boarding school which required the income of these uh, expats. So obviously there was going to be this issue regarding the school continuing as it was. So the government took it over. My grandmother was, was principal. And one of the things that she really cared about for this school was to expand and, and then allow local kids who work from poorer backgrounds to be able to come into the school so they could get an education. She always cared about the children in the area and wanted to give them a chance. And she had to kind of fight for that to happen. It was not easy and had a few years going against the grain of a board who were trying to figure out some, you know, difficult um, transitions uh, as it relates to, you know, the funds that were available. And she did that and and was successful at doing that. And I found at the funeral these 40 years later, there were so many of the, the girls and who are now obviously all grown up and different generations of them who attended. And they were all wearing purple at a funeral. And it was the color of the school. And wow. it was just a testament to her resilience, her faith, her perseverance to mm. push through. And that I carry that. And I'm very proud of what she did and the legacy of that, that I think, even though I only learned about it in 2019, I retrospectively was able to discover, actually, that now explains this deep part of me that's mm. always felt that, you know what, I'm going to go after what I, what I believe is right, what I believe is right for me, what I believe is right for the people that I care about and the, and the passions that I have. Oh, wow, wow. That, that is super, super, super powerful. Um, in there, you, you covered resilience. Purple, you mm. know, is a regal colour. So your grandmother, yeah. may I so rest in peace. Yeah. Another mic drop for, for grandmother there. <laughs> yeah. Because so, so often there's there's... A compelling narrative that we are not fully conscious of mm. that dictates how mm. we play out the moves in our own lives. Yeah. You know, um, for myself, if we can talk back and forth, there was yeah. there's an innate calling. I don't mm. know what it is. You know, sometimes mm. I wake up in the morning and I just have to express myself. Yeah. You know, and until I've done that, I'm not going to be happy. And this yeah. has nothing to do with whatever work I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. It's almost, it's, it's, it's the, 
if it's if it's a physical presence, it's the unseen hand guiding yeah. me to go do stuff. So yeah. particularly as a as a black man, yeah. um, being raised in the UK, mm-hmm. um, we cannot shy away from the, some of the negative stereotypes that we have to counter yeah. every single day when we turn up, yeah. you know, with um mm. wearing the mask. Yeah. And then we come home to our partners. And our partners ask us, why are you so tired? Mm. You know, because um, we've been acting half the time, yeah. you know, particularly in the early stages of my career, it was mm. acting throughout the day. And there's a, there's this thing about the British culture. For example, you spoke about permission right at the beginning. And I think we yeah. break it down more. Mm. The British um, society, British culture, this, I think this transcends all races, actually. Mm-hmm. If you greet somebody, you ask, how are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> the, the polite response is to answer back. I'm fine. I'm fine. And we're looking for permission. Yeah. Before we reveal that which is what we actually are experiencing. I feel like mm. crap. You know, and it, <laughs> it sounds like you did a mic drop. <laughs> okay, guys, everybody ready? <laughs> you know, mic so then there's stiff upper lip. There's, there's so many layers that we're trying to unpick that we need to, that we've navigated and we are still navigating through yeah. to just be here and present. Yeah, present. you know, um, you, you spoke about your your grandmother, um, have, having dementia. Um, yeah. I worked, worked in an old people's home mm. for many years um, when I was training as a nurse, mm-hmm. and when I was training in two thousand and three, there was a lot of, should I say, uh, racism mm. from the patients that don't want to be touched by a black person. All that, all this kind of stuff, and dementia played a big part of it as well yeah. because. They, they could only go back to a time when there were no black people in there. So yeah. th- there was genuine frightenedness. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were genuinely frightened in some regards. But mm-hmm. now, um, I, went to do, I went to do a shift the other day. Mm-hmm. And um, the ward, same, same, same type ward, mm-hmm. early onset dementia ward, mm-hmm. same smells, mm-hmm. same care regime. Mm-hmm. The fundamental difference is there are now black people as patients there. Mm -hmm. And that was not there when I was training at all. Mm -hmm. So the games they were playing, for example, we've got dominoes on one side being played. We've got (laughs) cards on the other side being played. We were playing music um, as therapy for for the patients. It's eclectic. And I think all of that lends itself for a healing or Mm -hmm. coming together, you know, because... We, I think we're the descendants. I'm first generation. Mm-hmm. You're, no, I'm first generation because I was born, I wasn't born here. I came here when I was young. Yeah. But certainly we are not two, three generations deep yeah. enough. But yeah. as, as we're having this conversation, mm-hmm. things are unfolding right before our eyes are shifting yeah. what we perceive to yeah. be um, the norm. Like you being a doctor, certainly yeah. when I was training, yeah. no way that was something yeah. I would... If and and if I did picture a doctor, yeah, it would be more in the guise of Sir Trevor McDonald, right? Not somebody with dreadlocks. <laughs> no, 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 no. So it's 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 certainly um, refreshing and right and exact. And I saw um, a, a, another a black person sort of in I think Channel Four News with dreadlocks last week mm. or two weeks ago. So yeah. things are, are are changing. Do you think the the shift is fast enough? 
Or do uh, and also it's a double barrel. Do you think the shift is fast enough in terms mm. of people's perception? Yeah. And do you think there's more that black leaders such as ourselves can do to inspire the ones coming up that they do not require permission to think differently, act differently? Yeah. That's just I love these power pack questions where it's like, <laughs> yo, um, so I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna answer it uh, to the best of my ability, and I'm gonna touch on some of the things you mentioned there about, um, you know, the, the varying stereotypes um, and how, you know, what I I had to come to the realization that stereotypes, there is a point you can argue that human beings will stereotype. Um, They are in part due to uh, patterns. They're patterns that we see and we, our brains interpret patterns and rely on our ability to use patterns as a means to say, okay, right, so I saw it this time. So the next time I see that, my brain has a reference. And and, and so, and, and stereotypes, as I said, in a way, they are part of the mechanism that we navigate the world around us and try to, you know, um, as I said, make, make decisions. And, you know, they can be good, bad, or indifferent. And of course, when we talk about racial stereotypes or cultural stereotypes, you know, for instance, coming from Jamaica, there are there were lots of assumptions about the type of personality that I might be. I might be a bit more laid back, not that serious, maybe athletic. Mm. <laughs> I'm not very athletic, <laughs> as most of you can probably tell. You know, Usain Bolt is amazing. I do not have any of, of those uh, physical abilities. Um, but, you know, trying to kind of navigate a world where as where there are sets of assumptions of what you're supposed to be into or, or not can um you know as i said it's a it can be quite laborious and and i think it's making that internal decision or having people around you that that reminded you that you have the choice as much as you feel that these pressures around you are telling you that this is the way you have to go. And I think that there's nothing wrong with expressing the desires that you have, even if it's so-called lands in in what people consider to be a stereotype. So for instance, I'm a musician, I'm a singer. I love that creativity. Now someone might look at me and go, yeah, you've got dreadlocks. Yeah, I could see you being a, a singer and they may think it's a stereotype, or me, I'm just doing it because that's supposed to be what talent like. But mm. you know, I embrace my creativity, yeah. and I've and I've had, and interestingly, in this context of of being able to to be someone that yes, I knew and sensed from a very early age that I had this calling or this sense of desire towards towards healing, towards mm. helping people, towards their wholeness. And and medicine was, you know, became clear that, you know, my interest in biology and chemistry, how the body works and, um, you know, very early stages in my life, I can I can remember fostering that, that desire. This is not something that was pushed into me or told, oh, you're bright, so go and be a doctor. It was very much something that came from the inside of me, uh, that that's that deeper sense of, as you said, that hand behind that step, you know, that mm-hmm. I believe is, is you know, or refer to as God. And, and that, that sense of calling, definitely big part, for, you know, for, for me. But I knew that there were other avenues and channels in which that healing calling could flow. And that's, and, and music and creativity is part of that. So leading back to your question, what more needs to be done? I think I think when leaders 
um, you know, when when black men, black women, uh, people from other backgrounds, uh, you know, push back and and just be who they are authentically, mm. navigate the paths that they feel that they're called to, um, you know, with you know with courage, um, you know, per- pursuing it and demonstrating that. I think that the more of that that's out there, that's represented, will help to inspire that next generation to, to just the, the, whatever relics or the or that sense of apprehension or hesitancy towards being and doing whatever they feel like they want mm. to do. I think that will help to, to shatter that. And I think that we have a crucial opportunity to do that for the generation. You know, I've got two girls and I feel like, you know what, I want to have this hope that actually from seeing myself and, and, and my peers, you know, us just just doing this thing, just, just you know, and as I said, for me, just to make that point clear about how I'm kind of building my career. I'm a GP. I don't know if I mentioned that earlier because mm-hmm. I kind of dive straight into this this uh, this sense of just I don't see myself defined by the label of being a general practitioner. It is one, you know, sort of conduit through which, you know, my my passions flow. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a creative, as I mentioned, singer, songwriter. Um, clearly, um, that is a, a passion again that has been cultivated from childhood. And it's a means by which I want to inspire and to challenge mm. people to think, to question, to mm. celebrate, um, you know, life, to, to, to question some of these stereotypes as well uh, so that we can empower ourselves, um, put, put ourselves back in the driving seat, as it were, as it relates to the career that we want. Yeah. I think that that's, that's so crucial. Excellent. And, and coming from yourself, that carries a lot more weight. I, I do recall um, before I came came into the health space, I'd done a lot of buddying for inner city kids who don't have mm-hmm. father figures. Yeah. And this was before I entered the realm, the realm of mental health, psychology and all of that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. I was intrigued that some of the these kids outside of, you know, deprivation, lack of father figures, uh, role models, they mm-hmm. had this real sense of poverty, mm-hmm. you know, a sense of lack no matter what you gave them it was yeah. never enough they needed to have um real um concrete evidence b- before they would change their mind so i remember um mm. i bought a vehicle um i bought a, I know this maybe sounds superficial but it had a deeper meaning mm. i bought a car that i didn't want to buy mm. to inspire the kids that you can have a normal job Mm-hmm. and drive a nice car. So I bought a 325 BMW Alpine suspension, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was doing it legally, the whole legal route, everything. So I'm driving for inner city, London, the, the, the young people who are, are mentoring, mm-hmm. they see that and they call me Uncle D, blah, 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 blah. And mm-hmm. they can't unsee mm-hmm. what they've seen. Yeah. You know, and, and, that's a, and I think being visible and being present is something that I think is incumbent on leaders such as ourselves yeah. who have been maybe thrust in the position because I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't wake up at any one stage thinking mm-hmm. I'm a leader per yeah. se. Yeah. But I, I, I know. And therefore, because I know, mm. I have a duty to act on my knowledge yeah. to help other people because if I don't, I'm just contributing to the problem. That's the way... I see see life. Yeah. So um, this platform, Mike Drop Club, having these conversations um, with yourself and like-minded people 
is just to generate that sense of pride in ourselves yeah. that we can do it. Challenge yeah. your stereotypes. Confirm, confirm some stereotypes, even if, if that is the case. Because um, <laughs> you being a musician, yeah. you know, uh, maybe you could give um, a, a quick message for all the creatives mm. who are sitting on the precipice of creating, but feel they need permission before they can create. Yeah, yeah, that's that's such a cool, that's a cool thought. That's sitting on the on the precipice, um, because there is the fear sometimes that, as a you know, as a, as a creative, that you think everything's already been said that needs to be said, everything's been written that needs to be written. There's this, mm. this fear that you know, kind of waiting and thinking. You know, is there any place for me creatively? Mm. Is there any need for me? You know, everything that's ever been written uh, has, you know, everything that needs to have been written has already been written. Everything that needs to be said has been said. And, and, and the truth is, I do believe that we were created. And I therefore believe as a result of that, one of our key parts of why we're here is to is to create is to yeah. is to innovate um and there is there is something unique about what every creative brings to the table that that despite the fact that other people may have done something similar what you bring creatively is unique and is different because it has your fingerprint the essence of who you are is built into the DNA of everything you create. There okay, you go. guys, everybody That's ready? That's a mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Dude, I'm absolutely. absolutely, yeah. It's so, it's so true. Yeah. It's like, you know, I, <laughs> I get on the piano and, and sometimes I can feel like, oh, I'm not formally trained in music, right? So mm. everything I play is self-taught and I mm. think I use self-taught like that because I've learned from other people I've watched videos and tutorials and I learned I started playing music in medical school so I was not an early early worm in that sense or early bird is that the right phrase but mm. I learned and I felt and there are times I've sometimes felt like oh, I don't know enough um, or sometimes I feel like the chords I play, gosh, I wish I knew more, you know, to play the chords that so-and-so plays. And and it's amazing how we can sit on our gift thinking mm. it's not fancy enough, it's not impressive enough, etc. And then there are people who've heard me play and sing and do what I do, and they've been moved to tears and they've just said, thank you for, for just doing that or saying that or singing that or writing that um and that voice in our head that tells us that we're not needed or we're or, or creative creativity is redundant or it's a lie so yeah. i i think and i want to say this to medics clinicians nurses like don't allow the prevailing culture that says you all you are is a medic or a clinician and you can't still cultivate that creativity. Use it in your work, you know, as well. Like, I mean, I, I, my creative mind is so crucial to who I am in every respect, even as a clinician, you know. And so I think of ways to be able to, to incorporate and cultivate that creative thinking, even in my 
quote unquote work what I do because uh, it's it's all part of it's all part of it it's it, we're not we're not compartmental we shouldn't just compartmentalize our lives let's integrate the creative the leadership the clinical and just okay yeah, guys everybody ready absolutely yeah mic drop for that because you 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 squared the whole whole subject matter um mm. really really well and I, I like i like the the way you you always advocate authenticity always advocate adv- advocating bring yourself you mm. know your 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 skills so many people in this profession health social care mm-hmm. they've got degrees lying under the bed mm-hmm. they've got degrees lying under the bed and they're struggling sometimes to engage with a patient but through a conversation with the patient, you might realize that, for example, hypothetically, your law degree mm-hmm. could be the reason why, could, could have information that could help you engage with a patient who's on that ward because they're taking, they're being taken to court. Yeah. And you're struggling to engage. Mm-hmm. You know, um, creativity for me allows me to be truly present. Yeah. When I don't have creativity, I'm not present. Mm-hmm. Because I'm 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 now restricted to coloring in between the lines, yeah. you know, and my canvas is life, you know. So I, I if I'm if I'm if somebody's testing, oh, we're going to do a filming gig, and mm-hmm. the brief is so tight, yeah, I just feel like I've got shackles, yeah, you know. And I think and that's testimony to see some of the stuff that you see um, from creatives. Yeah, it's samey, 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 samey. Yeah. Because there's, I think they hit a brick wall, mm-hmm. and they say to themselves, "Who am I to push through that brick wall and offer something yeah. completely different, a completely different angle of filming, a quick, completely different way of uh, presenting information?" I think they just surrender to that, and yeah. I think that that is a slow death for me. Um, <laughs> my creativity needs to be just unleashed, but it's taken a long time to yeah. find that confidence. Is I tell people all the time when we record stuff like that, the anxiety is there most definitely. Yeah, it's yeah, it's ever yeah. present. Yeah. But I'm doing it because I'm anxious. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. I do it because if I don't get the anxiety, yeah. if I don't get the fear, mm. I'm not I'm not enjoying what I'm doing. Yeah. That's so true. You know. Um, yeah. I, I just want to say I, re- I relate. I relate to that, and and I'm <sighs> I enjoy. I'm enjoying life. I'm enjoying my career, the way I've molded it, you know, how I've split my week up, the different things I'm doing and the kind of, you know, digital health space and, and everything's intentional. And it's not like as if it's just people sometimes might think, okay, if you carve your own career, it's sort of, you know, kind of random, you just mm. do whatever. And, and there is a certain amount of, um, you know, yeah, I, I think it's fine to sometimes kind of go, actually, I like the sound of that. I'm going to try that. It's okay to uh, mm. Experiment, um, and and then if you think, hey, yeah, that that didn't work out, that's okay, you know. But I mean, I think for me, it's been great to. I was in Malta uh, in November, um, you know, twenty twenty two, at part of this digital health conference. I mean, it was just incredible being there. This beautiful Mediterranean island, meeting people, uh, having conversations, getting to know people be- 
behind their persona, which is like, for me, that's so, so key as well. It's not just mm. about, you know, the, the kind of stuff that we, we just rattle off of our CVs. Mm. Um, and just, it's, yeah, just discovering people's creative, like, superpowers. You know, I'm just mm. kind of going, I like that. I like, <laughs> I like that. I, I see some scope for, some, <laughs> you know, some synergy there. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, it's, that's what excites me so much about you, Douglas. I mean, you mm. know, you, you're such a, a genuine, um, you know, person that's so so easy to talk to and it's so clear that you you love people and you love empowering people and 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 similarly that I, I, that's exactly why i'm doing this and that's why i'm having this conversation i just want that people can watch this and just kind of go you know what I don't have to have everything. I don't have to have my whole life and career all together by a certain age and mm. be a whatever, a consultant by this age or, or this. Just just take each day as it comes. Plan and design your your life, your career. You know what I mean? Connect with the people that make you happy. Don't sit around in boring, dry meetings and pretend that you're you've got to be pragmatic for seasons in your life but for goodness sake please just you've got one life you've got this one do what you know you, you clearly desire to do I, I i just i think career autonomy i've discovered that's the secret sauce. it's like wow to have that fulfilling career like if you can if you can look back and see that actually you know what i'm doing the i'm doing the the roles that i that i enjoy because these are my passions i like to teach or if i don't you know whatever you know i mean and and so i look at my career and i'm like yep i'm doing the the bits and the things that align with my core values and that i can go home and i can sleep and i can know yeah you know what i'm I'm, i haven't got the perfect job but i've got i'm doing the things that give me that feedback that yeah Yeah. absolutely what i'm supposed to be doing struggle to achieve your goals or to find your purpose in life why waste your time dreaming when you could be fulfilling your biggest boldest brightest goals tune in to the mic drop club and listen to guest speakers and people of influence as they reveal their secret techniques to help you to get to your dreams and goals and turn them into reality do you struggle to prioritize your tasks to achieve your goals Surely there's a better way. We don't have to land in space to be great. Frankly, we don't need to. But given the opportunity, wouldn't you like to do something spectacular and make an impact? Tune in to the Mike Drop Club, where the secrets behind achieving extraordinary results are shared weekly with your host, Douglas Hamandache. We'll be with you every step of the way, giving you all the motivation to not just live life, but to make life boom. Absolutely, because values um, are central. Values, principles, and beliefs. And all too often in the Western world, we we never get time to critically appraise our values. Yeah, we just accept the values that were downloaded to us from yeah. our parents or our or our, our environment. Yeah, you know, I think it comes a time where we have to really start asking: us, What do we value? Mm-hmm. You know, do we value friendships? Yeah. So. Find a career that puts you in the puts you around people that you can yeah. befriend them. You know, yeah. do you value time? Do you value money? Whatever it is, it's not right or wrong. Mm-hmm. But being able to reflect that at an old age instead of just assuming everything's still the same yeah. as as when we were in school, sitting 
cross needs singing kumbaya we're older <laughs> now we need to <laughs> we need to think and and I just want to build with you um, very quickly I know your time is running out so what you said there about um, design your career mm. yeah um, and um, be the architect of your career hey guys, in, in right? a sense you know there's a mic drop there for you right right off the bat right for that and um how I want to build with you on that one is because up until we had this conversation, mm. I was taught there's only three times in this life you can be selfish. Mm. And so the first time in life you can be selfish is when you're a baby, you know, mm. in the pram, you can pee on people, vomit on people, do what you want, you know, but you're just not conscious. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a key stage, right? Yeah. The second stage is when you pick your partner. Mm-hmm. You know, when you pick your pick your partner to be in life. And the third stage is on your deathbed. Say what you like. You know, mm. you're going out. But you've introduced the fourth one, <laughs> <laughs> which is you've got to be selfish when it comes to your career. Mm. You know, it starts with intention. You yeah. know, design your career as a master architect, a master builder. Yeah. You know, because ultimately you, you don't take your family to work. Yeah. You know, you're there on your own for those eight hours, 12 yeah. hours. You're there on your own. So no matter what they have used for you, yeah. you know, you got to be happy, you mm-hmm. know. So, um, no, you you definitely, uh, <laughs> you brought the fire like Prometheus on this one here. So, um, Dr. Joel Brown, to close for mm-hmm. this part one, and I'm putting it out there, I'm putting my attention out there for this part one. Yes, sir. If you're, if you're, if you could go back in time mm-hmm. and see your 11-year-old, 12-year-old self, or at a time mm-hmm. when you had doubt, what would you have said to your self? What would I have said to my 11-year-old self? Um, the first word that came to my mind was, um, oh, the first two words were have courage. I probably could maybe if I thought about it a bit more, come up with something <laughs> more <laughs> profound. But I, I found that 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 time, the, the times where I've allowed fear to undermine my courage throughout my life so far has been the most costly um, times of my life because fear and not being, and, and fear is real. And sometimes I've heard people say that sometimes your perception of fear um, may may not necessarily may not be a reflection of reality. So you can sometimes find yourself stuck in between those two possibilities. But um, but courage can make you do things even afraid. You know what I mean? Like this, I don't think there's anything. Um, I could think of so many examples that if I if I just had the courage to yeah. stand, and I feel like you know what, telling my eleven year old self that um, would have helped me to accomplish some some things that probably, and I don't I don't live with regret, but I feel like I probably would have accomplished some things maybe sooner. Um, mm-hmm you know, or come to certain realizations and breakthroughs sooner had I had some, you know, courage um, in, in some of those crucial moments. Okay, guys, Excellent ready? point, Joel. And you get a mic drop for that one. Courage. <laughs> courage is calling. The opposite of courage, we know, is conformity. Mm. And that's something that we've we've been advo- advocating against throughout this, this show. 
be yourself, turn up, you know, be authentic and all that kind of stuff. So courage is is, is the theme. You don't need permission mm. from anybody to yeah. um, craft, a part, craft a life for yourself. Yeah. Um, start with intention, you know, critically appraise everything. Everything's yeah. open for reevaluation. If yeah. it's if it's if it's the right thing, it will stick. Yeah, it will it will stick. Um, Doctor Joel, thank you very much for your time, and we'll catch you on the other side. Yes, sir. Fantastic. Awesome. That's it. Yeah, that's good, man. <laughs> I'm glad, yeah. Thank, thank you for for uh, for that, man. Just it's it's a really nice way to to end the week. Just feeling like I've had a chance to just yeah. And any opportunity I get to think about my why, why am I here? It's mm. so empowering because I kind of go away with the sense of clarity of okay, yes, you know what? I've reminded myself this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is and 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 this whole thing about career stuff has been has been so key i mean I, I we could that's why i'm saying we could easily have a part two the amount of distress mm. you know the times where i was just like what am i supposed to be doing with my life and why did i feel so stuck and mm. and that this this didn't work and how now i'm in this place and space where i feel so empowered like there's some people who are so surprised when they talk to me now versus when they spoke to me three years ago how disillusioned about career stuff and just not really sure how how things were going to turn out and 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 where I am now it's like a <laughs> for a polar shift yeah totally yeah, um, yeah. so but I salute you I absolutely salute you I'm 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 quivering I'm going to pick up my son from nursery feeling mm. so empowered Thank you know you. um I think people have a gift you've answered your gift and you've got many gifts yeah. Why do you have to have one? You know, the the, the error of the one trick pony is yeah. over. It's over. You know, it's Definitely over. over. <laughs> I, oh, that would have been a one drop for the thing, but that's it. That's it. It's like I, just embracing that I am, you know, I'm I'm layered. I'm multifactorial. Whatever. Yeah. So many elements to to me and and how how my calling expresses itself, and I don't have to feel like a, one of the words that have been runs runs through my mind is this um this mathematical concept and so i think math is such an i, I love maths it's, it's it's so much philosophy in math but this idea of being an integer integer you know, we okay. learn about integers basically a mm. whole number so you yeah. can, it's not it's not fra- and, and being able to embrace the complexities of who you are as as um but still be whole and be complete and not feel like you have to be your break so it's that that's something that i've had to to embrace that i come with complexity mm-hmm. and as you said i recognize if somebody tries to read my linkedin and go what's this guy <laughs> what's this guy's interest it's it's not easy because this, there are, you know, I mean, I, ha- I have interest in, in, in certain political conversations in mm. certain, uh, you know, the, the creative side of things, even within healthcare, there are different, it's just, mm. just different. Yeah, like, it's everything. It's the integer yeah. example is, is superb because um, whole numbers are broken down into infinite, infinite numbers. Yeah. Infinite. And yeah. so whatever stage you are in our life, we have to count back down, like count to 10, yeah. We have got to do 11, 12, yeah. then 20, yeah. 21, yeah. 22. So every one, two, three up again, you're a beginner moving yeah. up. You know, and so, so often as creative, you don't want to be a beginner again. 
Yeah. You don't want to accept. You're thinking, no, I know enough. I've got the cords. Yeah. I got the. But you, got, the next level requires you to go back down to one. Yeah. Then up again. So yeah, I, I, I we are enough. My dad always says, you are enough. Yeah. You know, and I, and I wish you enough. And when I was younger, I didn't understand the whole concept. You know, mm. I said, I don't have enough money, dad. That's it, that you got enough. <laughs> so we were on custard creams half the time. Yeah. When I was in college, and I used to, you know, a custard cream packet, typically those days you get 12 custard creams. <laughs> so, <laughs> so and you know how to um, divide it. But anyway, I won't take up any more of your time. Have a great weekend. You too. Take care. Take care. Cheers. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out micdropclub.com and get the show notes and useful links. Subscribe to the podcast. Don't just live life, make life boom.